welcoming you to Prairie Doc Radio. This is a program of the Healing Words Foundation, a 501c3 founded by Dr. Rick Holm. We are here to answer your medical questions, so give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. With us today is Dr. Kelly Evans to answer our medical questions. Dr. Evans' specialty is internal medicine. She works with the Avera Medical Group Brookings and volunteers as part of the Prairie Doc team of physicians. Good morning, Dr. Evans. Good morning, Laura. How are you? I'm doing well. Good. How are you? I'm fine. It's Good. cold out there again. It is cold Ugh. out there again. Might get better <laughs> today. We'll see. Yeah. But yeah, nice. Nice we have these warm places. Today. Yes. <laughs> That's for sure. That's for sure. Well, we're going to talk. Um, our Prairie Doc topic this week is hormones and the endocrine system, yeah. which I am excited to ask you about because I don't know that much about that. I feel like we don't talk about that very often. Sure. I, I don't know much about it. So we're going to dive into that um, a bit later in the program. But walking in this morning, we already had a question. Great. So we're going to start with our caller's question. Um, the question is, lots of us have had our third COVID shots, mm-hmm. but many are still getting COVID. Can you tell us what's happening with that? Yeah. So, I, I mean, this this caller is correct. Mm-hmm. I would say part of it has to do with the current variant that we're dealing with. The Omicron variant appears to be having more what we would call breakthrough or infections despite vaccination. Now, caller, you and the lots of us have done everything right. I'm so glad that you have had your three vaccines. What we do know, so the vaccine is the efficacy probably with this Omicron variant. It's it's we don't have firm numbers on this, but efficacy in preventing all infection is probably lower than with prior variants. It certainly isn't zero zero. You're absolutely still much better protected even from mild disease than an unvaccinated person or someone who didn't get their third dose. That being said, what what remains very clearly still true is that people who have gotten their third dose of vaccine in the last, you know, three, four months are still much more protected from severe disease than someone who has had no vaccines or even no no third dose, no booster dose. Mm -hmm. The vast majority of people in the hospital are still either unvaccinated or not fully vaccinated people. So that being said... There is a lot of COVID going around. I mean, as we in our community have tested and had more positive tests in the last month, probably than during this whole pandemic, Laura. So if you have cold symptoms, like, and you're fully vaccinated, but you got mild cold symptoms, it absolutely could be COVID. It could be another virus or something else. But one should act like, given the current prevalence of this virus, that that's possibly the case and think about getting tested unless you're staying home anyways and then maybe it doesn't make a big difference to you with mild symptoms but it is really prevalent right now um there's predictions that hopefully this will be kind of a fast and furious wave and we will see rates go down here in the next couple of weeks um but caller you you are still very protected the vaccines are still doing the number one thing that we want them to do which is prevent death and prevent severe illness Mm-hmm. Right. It is It is a bummer to see it how is. much just... COVID there is in our community <laughs> yeah. right now. Um, there, We have a lot, lot going around. Yeah. And 
Uh, I forget. I don't know the exact number of where we are with vaccination. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's maybe around 50% or so. So Yeah, I think, I mean, across the board, if you're counting everyone that's eligible mm-hmm. above age five, it probably is on the lower side. It's it's very dependent on age group, our okay, vaccination sure. rates. Um, our older age groups have pretty high rates, but certainly kids and, and young adults have much lower. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. yeah, so there's a lot going on. We're all so, so tired of it, right. um, but we're trying to hang in there and and still continue to do the right things for mm-hmm. the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as far as going getting tested goes, yeah. you mentioned that um, we have more options now. We yes. don't have to go to the clinic to get right. a test now. Right. So, so the, the, you know, there are home tests and mm-hmm. there has been the rollout that people can get home tests, rapid tests sent from the federal government. And I know that tests have been requested. I'm not aware that anyone's actually received those yet. That being said, they're pretty decent. I mean, they're not any worse than the rapid tests that are being done in your clinic or your pharmacy. Um, They're not perfect. But what we do can safely say is in general with those rapid tests, if it's positive, it's almost certainly a true positive, especially as as prevalent as the disease is right now, false false positives are rare. False negatives are more common. But if, if you have a positive home test, generally speaking, we wouldn't recommend coming into the clinic to confirm that test. It's really not necessary. Okay. Treat it as a positive test. All right. Well, we're going to go to our first break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any medical questions you would like us to address. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Frostbite is a type of injury caused by freezing. It leads to a loss of feeling and color in the areas it affects, usually extremities, such as the nose, ears, cheeks, chin, fingers, and toes. Frostbite can permanently damage the body, and severe cases can lead to amputation. Frostbite should be checked by a health care provider. Call 697-9500 to see your provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Kelly Evans is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call at 605 692 1430. As we mentioned earlier in the show, our Prairie Doc topic this week is hormones and the endocrine system. So if you have a question related to that or any other medical question, give us a call 605-692-1430. Dr. Evans, in your essay this week, you talk about your personal experience with kind of a a little bit of a scary situation. You just noticed something. You want to yeah. tell our listeners about what you experienced from the other side. Of, yeah, of being sure. A you know, I've fortunately have mostly had good health yeah. aside from my pregnancy six years ago now. I haven't really had to seek a lot of medical care. So mm-hmm. last year, I basically noticed in the mirror uh, a lump on my neck, which I knew just based on my own self-exam was a thyroid nodule. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had to go through what a lot of people go through when these things are found um, and have it imaged and ultimately biopsied. Um, thyroid nodules are really common 
we often find them just on accident. They often don't cause people any symptoms or problems. Um, so like someone might have a CAT scan of their chest and they catch the bottom of the neck in the chest CAT scan and we accidentally see a thyroid nodule as an example of a really common way that these are seen. Um, they're mostly benign. And I was lucky to, you know, my my brain knows that most of these thyroid nodules are benign. So I didn't I didn't lose too much sleep over it, but still, you know, it was the experience of having something abnormal, having to kind of wait for testing and and thinking about, well, what if it is cancer or something like that, which was a unique experience for me. And I think something that a lot of people and my patients have gone through that it's hard to kind of understand that emotional reaction without going through it. So, um, but mine was all checked out benign and um, it, it's, it's all good and fine, just like the vast majority of them are. But um, it was kind of a for, a, for a young physician to go through a little bit of patient experience maybe was okay for me. Right. <laughs> it is a good reminder that we never know what people have on their minds, what yeah. they're going through, what stresses like this this little thing you you probably went about your day for the most part but it was always probably there until you had that for sure right. like we're okay yeah so yep we're all going through things so that is a good reminder we don't know what what everyone else has on their minds and is worrying about right and what they're going through yeah um what do the thyroid glands do for us? Yeah. What is their purpose? Yeah. So the, the endocrine system in general is really a fascinating physiologic system, Laura. So I'm excited for the, the show this week. You know, the, the vast majority of topics that we talk about when we talk about endocrinology is diabetes. So diabetes is a, a hormonal disease and it's the most common one that we deal with. So obviously we devote a lot of attention. I'm hoping that we might get to talk about some other endocrine systems though, and the thyroid would be one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, so the endocrine system is kind of defined by anything that has a gland that excretes hormones. And so the thyroid gland lives kind of in the lower part of your middle, the front of your neck here. Um, Like all endocrine systems, it's controlled kind of by another hormone. So there are these very intricate and um, elegant feedback loops that our our bodies have with with the endocrine system. And so actually our thyroid gland makes thyroid hormone, but it's told to do so by another gland, the pituitary gland, which which excretes thyroid-stimulating hormone. And then the amount of thyroid hormone that's circulating through your bloodstream is what controls that pituitary gland. And so it knows how much to tell the thyroid gland to excrete in normal physiology, if that makes sense. And that thyroid hormone ultimately does a lot of things. Um, So symptoms of either too much or too little thyroid hormone have a lot of symptoms. And so sometimes it's, it's, it can be kind of vague and, and not always the easiest to diagnose if things are subtle. I feel like I often hear people saying, you know, I've, I've had this and I've had this and, and someone will say, well, have you had your thyroid checked? Right. And I'm like, what, what, what does this thyroid all <laughs> yeah, do? Yeah. And I think like that's because, yeah, thyroid people... disease, specifically hypothyroidism or making too little thyroid hormone is really common. And so a lot of people, if they haven't had that issue themselves know someone who's gone through that Mm -hmm. and you're right so symptoms of hypothyroidism again they're vague and these symptoms can all be caused by so many other things that sometimes it's it's hard to know if there's something actually abnormal going on but a lot of people who have hypothyroidism might have fatigue or low energy they might have dry skin they might have 
thinning of the hair. Um, they can have constipation. If it's severe, you know, if, if they've been making no thyroid hormone for a long enough time, they can have slow heart rates. They can have swelling um, kind of throughout their body. And people can actually go into a coma because of hypothyroidism in the most severe cases, though that's pretty rare. Luckily, this is a really easy thing to test for. It's a lab test. We get it back within several hours, and, and we can usually get an answer on whether the thyroid is the culprit or not pretty quickly if someone's having symptoms, severe or a, mild. Mm-hmm. Is it just a blood test? Yes, just a blood test. Okay. Um, so we actually, what we actually test for, people often have questions about our lab testing. The first thing that we test for actually is the thyroid stim stimulating hormone not not the not the hormone that's produced by the thyroid gland but the one that's produced by the pituitary gland and that has to do just with the test accuracy and sensitivity um, we don't have as good and accurate of lab tests for the actual T4 or T3 thyroid hormone, which is the acting hormone in the body. Um, but we can really reliably um, count on that TSH level for um, diagnosis. If the TSH is abnormal, we might then do further testing to, to confirm the diagnosis. But And so if it's been identified, our thyroid isn't yeah. doing what it's supposed to do, are there some easy corrections or is this this a complicated process no it's easy we we give people synthetic thyroid hormone so so the vast majority of people are treated with uh, um, a medication called levothyroxine Um, the old brand name used to be synthroid you might hear people talk about but levothyroxine sometimes it takes us a while to get to the right dosing for people and sometimes even over the course of someone someone's life we might have to alter that dosing based on lab monitoring but it's not it's it's a it's a once a day pill that you take and generally it corrects the symptoms. What can we do to help keep our endocrine system healthy in the first place? I mean, I get these ads for different drugs and vitamins and whatever, and I just kind of tune it all out because I don't trust any right. of it. Right. So I think your can, skepticism is healthy, Laura. What can we do <laughs> to just kind of keep ourselves healthy yeah. and consistent? So, I mean, well? generally, the, the so I would say type 2 diabetes is a separate animal, multifactorial, mm-hmm. certainly um, influenced by body weight and genetics and um, diet and all of these other things. Other endocrine problems, usually we don't have a lot of control over. So I couldn't give you advice to, quote, keep your endocrine system healthy. I think that you should be suspicious of anything that purports that it will do that for you, okay? Um, For example, thyroid, thyroid disease, the most common reason people get hypothyroidism is an autoimmune disease. Hashimoto's thyroiditis, in which the body attacks itself. We don't have any idea what specifically causes that. So I couldn't tell you something that is likely to prevent that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's very s- true with most endocrine diseases. They occur kind of at random or because of an autoimmune impact, um, but nothing that has to do with, you know, what I would call your lifestyle or, or things that you have control over. Mm-hmm. Just right. luck. Just luck. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to go to our next break and give our listeners an opportunity to call in with your questions. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any medical questions you would like us to address. Prairie Doc programs are available as a podcast. Just look for Prairie Doc wherever you get your podcast. Today's program will be added to the podcast soon. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. 
Quitting smoking has immediate as well as long-term benefits for you and your loved ones. Make the decision to be smoke-free. Stopping smoking is associated with many health benefits. If you smoke, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. That's 784-8669. Or call the Avera Medical Group Brookings for help to quit smoking today. 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Kelly Evans is here to answer our medical questions. We are focusing today and this week um, in the Prairie Doc world on the hormones and endocrine system. Uh, Dr. Evans was filling us all in on our thyroids and how those um, serve us and sometimes don't serve us so well. Uh, So if you have questions about anything, you can give us a call at 605-692-1430. Dr. Evans, uh, tell us about your show that you're going to have on uh, tomorrow night. And is that an endocrinologist that is joining you? It is. Okay. We have a, a physician from Rapid City Monument Health System, Dr. John Palmer, who is an endocrinology specialist out there. Um, he'll be joining us remotely, and we'll just talk about all things related to the endocrine system. And like I said, often this kind of veers in the direction of diabetes because yeah. it's the most common endocrine disease that we see and the mo- certainly the most common thing that Dr. Palmer probably treats in his clinic. But I mean, there are a plethora of other things that that are fair game. So certainly thyroid disease um, is is one of those things. Um, Adrenal disease or um, problems with um, corticosteroids and cortisol are part of that. Pituitary disease. um, Let's see what else. Things like um, gonad, hypogonadism or hypotestosteronism in men or um, hormone problems in women are fair game. Um, So there's there's many other glands that we can talk about. They're just less less commonly seen. So we'll we'll see where the viewers take us. Absolutely. <laughs> so when when do you normally say, okay, you need to go see an endocrinologist? What is the step if you're at what your primary yeah. care physician and then yeah. when do you So I would sleep? say the vast majority of people who have common endocrine diseases like diabetes, type two diabetes, or hypothyroidism, for example, many of those people can be treated very well by their primary care physicians. Um, the rarer endocrinopathies, as I would say, or can be part of the issue is that they can be difficult to diagnose. So the testing we do is a little bit complex for some of these things, things like adrenal problems or things like that. So a lot of those people I will refer to endocrinology because the testing is challenging both to do and to interpret. And so that that is best done by an expert. Um, in the cases of, it, I don't know, I don't have very many patients with simple hypothyroidism, meaning either they had Hashimoto's thyroiditis or they had their thyroid removed for some reason that have to see an endocrinologist. That's usually pretty simple. If people have hyperthyroidism, we often do refer them because treatment of that often involves more specialized medication. Um, And then when it comes to diabetes, most type 1 diabetics should probably see an endocrinologist. Um, That's kind of its own disease and requires pretty intensive monitoring. Type 2 diabetes, we refer people who are really difficult to treat um, or 
or and and that can be for a variety of reasons but like i said the the vast majority of people with type 2 diabetes stay under their primary care physician's care and do well but there's probably i don't know maybe five percent of my patients who have type 2 diabetes that end up referring to endocrinology because of difficulty to control their disease Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well it'll be fun to listen in on that conversation and hear what we yeah um, can learn uh from the endocrinologist yeah. too um that'll be great um we have a couple of callers right. that have come in with some other questions so we will dive into those um all right this one if you come into the doctor's office with something other than covid and don't have the shot will you be turned away absolutely not no we 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 would never turn anyone away for that issue regardless of the reason you're being treated Mm -hmm. um i think we're all it actually hurts my heart a little bit to even hear that asked Mm -hmm. as a question so no we we certainly if my patients i'm seeing my patients routinely as as normal and if I have a patient, you know, this it's not uncommon for me to see patients who have chosen not to be vaccinated at this point. And I often will talk with you about it at least once and just see if there's any questions that I can answer or any concerns that you have that I can provide some knowledge about. Mm-hmm. Um, but you will not receive any different treatment otherwise. We are still here for you for everything that you need. Absolutely. Yes. I think we're still being asked to wear a mask at yes. the clinic, but yes. otherwise, yep. uh, that's, that's required. It. We, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's pretty impactful when we have a staff member get sick. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I get sick with COVID, which I luckily have not happened to me, but I, I'm thinking about it constantly right now, given how, given how many infected people we're seeing. Mm-hmm. I got to be at a clinic for a week, and I got to reschedule all those patients, and it's it's not it's not a small deal for us. So mm-hmm. we really need to keep us and our staff members as well as possible. So that's that's the reason for the mask in the clinic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Uh, we had another question here. All right, just give me one minute to read that over. This this person has someone they were working with who asked someone came into their home to do some work asking Mm -hmm. um, if they had the vaccine and that person said no. And when they went to their doctor, it wasn't necessarily recommended that they do. You want to talk a little bit about that and the different opinions that there are about getting the vaccine? You know, I never want to make, I I don't want to act like I know what this physician is thinking or why they maybe said what they said or, you know, whether there was any misinterpretation on the part of the patient. I don't know. What I do know, Laura, is that the vast majority of physicians got the vaccine as soon as they could last year. Um, me being one of them. And there's a very small percentage of physicians who have remained unvaccinated to, for me to try and explain the rationale for that is not, I, I don't have a good one. I, I, I truly don't. Um, and certainly there, there, there are those people out there um, to, that people can find to sort of share that opinion. Um, I won't pretend that I have a good explanation for it, but I would say they're in the small minority and hopefully that's meaningful to people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If people still do have questions about the yeah. vaccine, what, what do you recommend they do? I recommend that you talk to someone that you trust, be that your your own doctor, healthcare provider. Um, and like I said, try to try to come when my patients come to me, I think people always have a fear that they're going to be judged by their choices. I really want to try and have a conversation with you that answers your questions. Of course, I've if, if I had my choice, 
and and had all the control, I would want everyone to be vaccinated. That's true. Mm-hmm. But I, I tell my patient, this is your choice. I'm not gonna. I'm certainly not gonna handcuff you down and put a vaccine in your body that you don't want. Right. So what? How can I um, answer your questions or answer any concerns? Ultimately, this is your choice, and I don't ever want people to feel like that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, it's time for us to go to our next break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. If you have any questions for Dr. Evans, give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. Influenza has made its appearance. If you have not received a flu shot, get one now. Symptoms of influenza are fever, fatigue, cough, runny nose, body aches, and decreased appetite. Generally, influenza makes you feel much worse than the common cold. If you have questions about influenza, call your provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings, 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Kelly Evans is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. Dr. Evans, we had a question. Are are goiters caused or related to issues with your thyroid? Yeah, so a goiter is kind of a, it's an old school term, I would say, for an enlarged thyroid. A lot of goiters have a lot of smaller nodules on them. Um, and so sometimes, you know, maybe you knew someone who had, you could, it was a visible sort of large mass in the neck where the thyroid is. They often can go along with Hashimoto's thyroiditis or in some parts of the world, you know, we have iodine that fortifies many of our foods in in the U.S. and the developed part of the world. But if people live in a place where there's no iodine in the food supply, iodine deficiency can cause that too. Um, So sometimes we see goiters, if they're big enough, it might require thyroidectomy either for cosmetic reasons or if it starts pushing on another structure, your airway or something else in the neck. Um, but sometimes we'll see people with small goiters or, or what we'll call multinodular thyroids that actually still are making thyroid or, you know, otherwise they're well controlled from a, from a hypothyroidism perspective and we don't have to do anything else special for them. Okay. You mentioned Hashimoto's a couple of times. Yeah. Tell me more about what that yeah. is. Yeah, so Hashimoto's thyroiditis, um, that's, you know, just named for a person probably who discovered something about the disease long ago, sure. is the most common reason people have low thyroid. It's an autoimmune disease. Our body makes antibodies against the thyroid making cells of the thyroid gland, um, and it causes people to have too low of thyroid hormone. There's a test that you can do for that specific antibody, but it's usually not necessary. If someone has hypothyroidism based on the testing that we talked about earlier, that TSH and T4 testing, then we assume it's Hashimoto's unless they have another reason to have it. For example, maybe they have um, had a thyroid surgery or, or some other reason, or if, or if the lab testing isn't classic, then we might look a little harder. But most people that we discover hypothyroidism in have Hashimoto's thyroiditis, and we don't really need to do any testing to confirm it because it's common. Okay. Yeah. If, um, if someone needs to have their thyroid removed, yeah. um, 
tell us what that is like. Yeah. So some people might have their thyroid removed for a few reasons, certainly cancer, sometimes a large nodule and, and you know, there's, there's various other reasons. Sometimes hyperthyroidism or Graves disease um, is treated with thyroidectomy or, or thyroid removal. Um, depending on the reason, you, the surgeon might remove the whole thyroid gland or half of the thyroid gland or, or something like that. Um, it's a neck surgery. And so there's some delicate structures. So there usually it's sort of a smaller subset of surgeons who perform this type of surgery. Um, there's nerves to avoid and things like that. Once you, if you have your whole thyroid gland removed, you will need thyroid medication for the rest of your life. So it will treat you just like anyone else who has hypothyroidism. Um, but otherwise, it's usually an in and out surgery, meaning people would go home the same day and um, just requires kind of a specialty surgeon because of the complications that can occur from, from that location. Are there special lifestyle changes you have to make or does the medication kind of allow you to continue in that life as normal? Nope. If if the medication gets your labs normal, most people feel what we call euthyroid or thyroid normal as far as their symptoms and don't have to do anything else different or special with lifestyle. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Medicine's amazing. Yeah. (laughs) It's all fascinating. I learned so much this morning. Thank you. Well, we're about out of time this morning, but before we go, please be sure to tune in to South Dakota Public Broadcasting Television and the Prairie Doc Facebook page for On Call with the Prairie Doc most Thursdays starting at 7 p.m. Central. This week on Thursday, January 27th, Prairie Doc host Kelly Evans will discuss hormones and the endocrine system with Dr. John Palmer of Monument Health in Rapid City. So tune in tomorrow night on SDPB television. We hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program and will listen again for Prairie Doc on KBRK, brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube for free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library. Visit www.prairiedoc.org and look for Prairie Doc wherever you find your podcast. My thanks to Dr. Kelly Evans for joining us today. And as Dr. Holm would say, stay healthy out there, people.